I am Sneha Hirimat, founder of Ace Advisors, a consulting firm specialized in external communications. This is Planet BE, a podcast where every week I will take you backstage to meet a private equity player. Hello and welcome to a brand new season of Planet PE. I am here today with Kevin Montserrat, founder of Consilience Ventures. Prior to starting the firm in 2019, Kevin was Microsoft Ventures EU Head of Ecosystem. He has worked with more than 200 companies that have raised over $1 billion from leading VCs like Sequoia, Atlantic Bridge and Axel in the past five years. Kevin is a second-time entrepreneur and mentors entrepreneurs at Oxford University, Chicago Booth, and London Business School. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Sneha. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for being here. Um, to begin with, uh, could you give us an overview of what Consilience Ventures does? So Consilience Ventures is reshaping the startup economy to offer better terms to allocators, experts, investors, and founders. We do three things. We uh, invest and grow tech uh, companies. We improve the liquidity in the private market, create more diversification and uh, our own exit strategies. And we reward the domain and industry experts based on performance. Essentially, we are aligning all of the players in one private startup economy. Startup economy. Our mission is to empower a generation of uh, deep, deep tech entrepreneurs by introducing them to a business community united by a collective purpose and shared currency. We specialize in virtual due diligence and startup support. Allocators benefit from investing in carefully selected portfolio supported by a global expert network, also called operating partners. Okay, so you basically have three poles, which are investors, experts, and startups. Uh, so I think right. we will be delving into each of them. But let's start by talking about the startups, just to understand at what stage do you invest and how do you select the startups that you fund? So we, so our sweet spot is pre-Series A. Um, and uh, we invest, but we invest from pre-Seed to Series A. Um, alongside other investors only when we can add value. We do not invest as a passive investor. Um, we measure, we have a framework where we can measure the impact we can have on every deal. And if we cannot meet a minimum impact, which we measure with our own framework equal to that, that matches 30% of impact, we just don't make the investments. So every investment should actually demonstrate that we have at least 30% impact on, on the investments that we're making. Um, and we have a semi-decentralized semi governance. We are assembling uh, investment committees in fintech and medtech for now, composed of successful entrepreneurs, scientists, technologists, doctors, investors, all, all the bright competencies in every single deal, and we collectively do gap analysis on every deal. And then we only make our investments on the basis that the gap analysis that we have identified, the gap analysis we have executed, um, gives us enough confidence that we can de-risk the investments through the support of our network. So let me give you an example, for example. Mm -hmm. So um, one of our members is the fintech committee lead. He leads 
all of the he leads the fintech committee and uh, the fintech committee is a group of seven um, uh, high calibers uh, fintech experts in, from the banking industry from the private equity former vcs um, and so on so they run uh, the investment strategy in financial services. So they are looking at, okay, what are the opportunities in uh, decentralized finance? What are the opportunities in wealth management? What are, they basically kind of build collectively uh, from their industry knowledge. They build uh, the, um, the investment strategy. And once they have built this and they are creating the D-flow in order to have access to the best companies that meet our investment thesis, they are also leveraging our network of operating partners to, to select the companies and to uh, basically curate those deals. And collectively, they are reviewing the deals. So we do our due diligence. We do our gap analysis. Step two, we do our gap analysis. And step three, we issue a term sheet. Before ensuring the term sheet, our members involved into the deal uh, or reviewing in the deal at least, they should at least at least 70% of our members should accept mm -hmm. to invest. That's how we make our decision. Okay. So once we have passed 70% threshold, that or the people looking at the deal are comfortable enough so that 70% of them are, are saying, yes, we see ourselves being an investor into that deal and that um, we have the experts to de-risk the investment by providing technical services, marketing services, science, science support, customer access, pricing, 32 domain of expertise, we are issuing the term sheets. When the term sheets are issued, is issued to uh, the startup, the startup then uh, transfers the, the shares to Concilience Ventures and receive an amount of digital token to match that value. Mm -hmm. And the startup at this point uses those tokens to try cash and services within one single private market. So for them, it's a lot more efficient because they typically convert their shares into a fungible assets. And with those shares, they can buy expertise or cash. Yeah, exactly. So, so that is, I think, something that's really different uh, at Consilience Ventures. Uh, today, clearly, the VC market is is literally flooded, and um, in reality, very few are actually top class. So the best startups are also looking for the best investors, and uh, it seems like this is what makes the difference uh, for Consilience Ventures. Is it your network of experts uh, that attract the best startups to you? Yeah, it's a very good point. I think um, the best VCs are known because they've been there for many, many years and they have a brand uh, that creates that magnet uh, and then therefore they have, they review most of the deals themselves. Um, so tier one VCs are seeing everything, tier two are seeing only the ones that f fail that raising uh, money from tier one kind of thing. So um, we do not want to compete with the tier one funds. We, we really know, we know really well the teams that index at Axel at Borderton, those people are already good. There is no need for competition atomico. There's no need for competition to compete with those people. What we need is to partner with those people to work upstream or downstream. So we are not a fund. We are a NIC, which means that we don't compete with the tier one funds or tier two or tier three th funds. We are not a fund. We are not fund managers and we have no interest in, we have, have no interest in running um, a fund. 
because as I said, there are already plenty good ones. Um, however, we are an ecosystem of deep tech founders, investors and experts, and we're providing an environment where deep tech founders can experiment, learn and work with the best subject matter experts in exchange of their shares. So we're removing the needs of capital here. So all investments we make offer cash and expertise to our portfolio companies. So the best startups today, it's fair to say that the best startups are looking for smart capital and, and not just brand anymore. Um, but they are also uh, looking for the kind of investors that can that can listen to their pain points as well. Not only hear the good news, how fast are you growing? They also need to make sure that uh, as a founder, I can I can explain the difficulties I'm meeting, I'm facing without without breaching the relationship I'm building with my investors. So the first thing that we already recognize in our network uh, of the 600 companies that applied to us is that Concealance Ventures um, application process doesn't really work around um, how much money we have raised and how much money we invest. The startup applying to Concealance Ventures know that we're not just here to write a check and wait for the next board meeting. They know that we are here to help them build their product, build their go-to market, build their team, build their marketing strategy, help them with their pricing strategy and scale. That's what we do. And we are very hands-on because of the network we are building. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, the, the, the fact that you're hands-on, a lot of uh, VC firms actually do say that they're hands-on and that they also have a, a network of experts. I think what's impressive is that you have a, a very large number of experts in different fields. How many experts do you have in your network today? So we, we've reviewed about 300 applications, um, but we only have 150 members in our network. And we are a network uh, uh, run by our members. So there's a peer mechanism where all of our members have a say about new applicants. We do not take organic applications. We do not have a website where you can claim to be a coach at uh, whatever accelerator you're part of, because we do not take the mentors who are just interested in having you know, a new logo on their website, on their LinkedIn profile. Uh, we're very much only interested in people that we really trust and are recommended by the people that we already trust. It's a trust group. Mm -hmm. So, so um, so, so it's very much how it works. Let me give you an example. One of our portfolio company uh, is doing groundbreaking work um, on preventive healthcare for premature babies. And as a result, they get a lot of attention from large pharmaceutical companies. They are one of the most advanced AI company in the lung disease segment. And they could get cash from whatever investors they, they speak to. But they know that once they have the cash, they also need to look for the right competencies because they, are, they need to execute. It's all about execution. It's not about cash. So they joined Concealance Ventures and they obviously issue, they worked with Concealance Ventures. We've invested in them because they needed what they needed is they needed a truly committed exceptional CFO exceptional CTO, exceptional medical medical regulatory directors, and CMO. And that's what we provide. 
and we've been we've been we've invested in them four months ago, uh, and then in four months we have had more than four or five people working with those companies with with this, that company, at least two or three days a, a week. Mm -hmm. So this is the level of proximity we want to have with our companies because we wanted success is not something that uh, ha that happens. You have to create it. You have to you have to work hard, and you need to bring the people with gray hair around the deals. Gray hair <laughs> or not. That's pretty right. much. <laughs> so, gray hair or not absolutely <laughs> or yeah. no hair at all <laughs> okay kevin so, let's let's talk a little bit about your investors now what are the metrics for them um compared to the traditional vc model so we have a number of metrics that are typical to traditional vcs um of course we have the same uh, vcs as in tvpi and and and, and whatnot but um there are there are four main differentiators in terms of metrics first is our capacity to scale a very highly curated network of investors experts and founders and that boils down to data the data we're creating and the product that we the platform and the product we're building so that we can essentially funnel the right people and bring them in CV as and when we need. So that's point number one. Mm -hmm. Point number two is the minimum impact we are able to uh, have on any deal. It's that 30% threshold. We want to do. We want to demonstrate. We want to be able to demonstrate clearly to our investors that at least we have 30% of impact on our deals. So when you talk about, just to be clear, 30% of impact on, on the deals, it's yep. pertaining to a certain number of financial KPIs? Yes, exactly. Okay. And, certain, and certain deliverables. Okay. There are certain deliverables. If you look at any startup roadmap, which which goes for uh, you know up to six nine months, right? Mm -hmm. It's obviously the further you look, the less accurate it is. So we're only looking at six nine months, right. um, uh, and then we know that there are certain KPIs that need to be achieved in six nine months, and we're looking at uh, measuring the impact we can have on those KPIs, and we can quantify this. Okay. And by quantifying this, then we can obviously justify that we are helping those companies to help those to achieve those deliverables mm -hmm. so that the companies are spending, the founders are spending more time growing the business with us instead of going to events and chasing awards and try to pitch, you know, on the Friday night, you know, where people are invited for free pizza and free beer. That's right. not the that's not the kind of founders that really work with us. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the third point is our capacity to grow the portfolio. Uh, as I said, today, our platform and our network, we have the ability to review about 10 deals per month. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, we're looking at reviewing about 100 deals a month. That's the kind. That's the, that's where we're trying to get to. This we are, we know that we'll only reach um, that kind of, uh, rhythm only in a few years. But that's very much the kind of a KPI that our investors are looking at because we we're trying to do is we're trying to scale a highly curated network, not like an incubator where you have a batch where you open you know on on September first and then you bring you know 20 companies and you you know and you hope for the best later. That's not the model. We're picking those companies like a VC, but the only difference is that we are very much hands-on with every single deal. And the last but the least is our capacity to create liquidity in our private market uh, and diversify the portfolio to maximize the returns of our investors. So that's pretty much it. And so just to focus on that last point, how will you create liquidity for your investors and over which period of time? 
So CV Platform is creating more transparency and, and more predictable returns to traditional VC, than traditional VC funds. That means that CV is enabling investors that are typically not interested in investing in, 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 VC, in VC asset class. And as a result, we, we are opening the market to more investors and more capital. And that's how we're going to create the liquidity here. It's because as we are creating this network and growing our network of allocators, mm -hmm. we become a more interesting and attractive asset class for investors that would typically stay away from VCs, namely pension funds, sovereign funds, and some very conservative family offices. Because they will be able to trade the digital tokens? Because they are exactly, because when they buy the tokens, which is representing an economic interest in a large and growing portfolio they know what the value of the token is mm -hmm. and and which is obviously a lot more transparent than having some of the money into a vc and gp and hope and wait 10 years to understand the real value of the the real value of the assets when mm -hmm. the fund is being liquidated so and the level of data we are creating as a platform is obviously creating that level of transparency that helps us to explain to other investors how we de-risking and the risk and, and mitigate the risk. So that's very much how we are creating the liquidities by creating more investors appetite and also by opening our network to larger investors typically not interested in, in, in that um, in, in this asset class. And we're looking at three years from now. We're speaking to um large allocators uh, and uh, they they typically have a um, uh, an investment um, of a, an investment range of 50 to 100 million a year to deploy. We not in capacity. We are not in the capacity to do that right now. Right now, we're building a portfolio of five million, and then we'll go to the five and 20 million and 50 million. And once we have the capacity to deploy 50 million a year, which is expected to come in three years' time, then we'll be able to go back to those pension funds sovereign funds um, and then large family offices um, and then typically take their money and then be able to deploy that money very quickly and very accurately okay. across the globe, mm -hmm. not just in one territory. Uh, now, what is also interesting is that your model is a zero fees model, uh, which is uh, which is quite rare, actually. So how does that work and how do you feel your own growth if you're not charging any fees? So we um, so the reason why we don't need to charge any fees is because we already own some of the tokens that were basically generated when we issued our own shares. Mm -hmm. So at the very the very first transaction was uh, the companies that employs me uh, issuing shares to Consilience Ventures and receiving an amount of tokens to match that value. It was a very very straightforward transaction. At this point, we receive some tokens that we have started to issue to angel investors and family offices for us to pay a minimum of our expenses, such as the FCA regulations, such as the insurance and things that you can't buy with tokens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because most of those tokens are used to pay for our people to grow the network and to grow the investments and to obviously grow Consilience Ventures. So what's really interesting in terms of capital efficiency is that thus far, with a portfolio of 1.5 million, we demonstrated that every one pound that was raised by issuing tokens to investors, so every time an investor 
bought one pound worth of token, mm -hmm. that generated 1.5 pounds worth of equity in the portfolio. Okay. So we bringing, we are continuously bringing more equity in our portfolio than what we have cash available. Okay. Which is very unique, and yeah. we do not need to, and we do, not, and, and 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 again, we do not need to charge any fee or carry for that reason. Is because we are always earning tokens for the work we're doing when we when we help any company. So we are capitalizing on the tokens. So the the the, the CVDS tokens we earn are um, a, a new kind of indirect management fee but completely indirect because they are not worth any they are worth nothing if the fund if the portfolio is worth nothing right we are 100 percent aligned with our investors okay all right um this is a very interesting conversation i think there are there we could go on forever on a lot of different topics but uh, <laughs> unfortunately time time goes by fast just in conclusion because it's time to conclude kevin uh in light of everything that you've said do you think that the traditional vc model is dead it's a very difficult question. My <laughs> answer, to, it's, um, I think, I think yes. I think the traditional venture capital model is uh, reaching its limit. It's more than 60, 70 years old, uh, and then there is a cycle in everything in life. It has, it has a 60 years old cycle. Uh, um, so uh, it's reaching its limit. It's becoming a commodity. Everybody raises the funds. Um, everybody has friends raising funds these days, and uh, and AngelList is making it even more competitive because they have now launched two new products: AngelList uh, uh, Access Funds, which you can invest to a minimum of 25k a year uh, in across a portfolio of 100 companies uh, for a minimum of. Um, I think I think it's just about one uh, percent management fee in addition to the SPV. So mm -hmm. it's reasonably it's it's a bit more expensive, but it gives the level of diversification. Um, and then there is another product they recently launched. It's called basically rolling the rolling fund, so AngelList rolling fund, which allows. Um, um, GPs to uh, basically kickstart a, um, a, a VC uh, with only 2 million rice so they can deploy the money a lot quicker. So the go-to-market is a lot quicker. Right. Now, it's also a bit expensive. Um, and um, and it's just going to increase so much the competition at early stage because when you have, when you don't have a, a huge uh, 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 amount of capital under management, mm -hmm. you can only do very, very small checks. And uh, therefore, you are going to be forced to take very early risk, very early stage risks into a concentrated. And that's when that's when the math don't work. We have uh, actually have analysts and, and, and team of scientists looking at the real benefits of the rolling funds. Um, if you are creating a concentrated fund of very early stage companies, your risk is a is very very big, uh, and uh, and therefore it may not be worth the returns. Um, that um, even if you if even if you believe that Paolo can be your friend sometimes. Uh, yes, yeah, so so, scalability so is very important. Scalability, diversification at early stage, it's king. Hmm. Of course, if you build a portfolio of 30 to 20, company, 20 to 30 companies at Series B, it's fine because your 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 likelihood of you know success is much higher. But the truth is that there's uh, still so many early stage companies failing, uh, which is completely um, out of control of the, of the fund managers. 
Thanks a lot, Kevin, for this insightful chat. I will definitely uh, be following your adventures with interest. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And a big thank you to all our listeners. Until next week, ciao.